let's see. So first, I want to tell you a little bit about the Truth and Democracy Coalition. It was formed to build a pro-democracy movement in America. We educate the public about disinformation, including propaganda that divides the sexes. We teach people to be critical about propaganda. We provide critical analysis of current events, social issues. Uh, we seek to build a communities of people of different faiths and ideologies to defend and promote democracy locally, nationally, and globally. And I want to tell you about a couple upcoming meetings. On August 20th at 2 p.m., we have, will have our second Jan 6 Remembrance Event Planning Committee meeting. We're planning on putting on an event in Whittier, and we're helping people put on events in other parts of the country to Remember what happened on Jan 6, January 6, 2021. Um, it's to remember the attempted coup and the insurrection against the United States Congress. And it's important to remember what happened because if we let those actions of Donald Trump, for which he's now being prosecuted, thank God, finally, you know, the wheels of justice have been so slow to turn and Everybody makes excuses for Donald Trump. Everyone wants to make an excuse for why they can't prosecute him. That's why he gets away with so much. Um, and we don't want him to be a dictator for life. And if he wins, and he looks like he's going to win the Republican nomination, um, we really need to keep this in front of people's minds. He's still the front runner for the Republican nomination. So we're organizing an event in Whittier, and we're helping others organize events in their hometowns. So join us on August 20th at 2 p.m. And you can register for that at tinyurl.com slash Jan 6th, 2024. And that's 6th, 6th there. And then our next meeting of this group, the um, nonpartisan Red Pill Men's Group, where we will be on September 3rd. So we're doing this monthly. And um, so to register for that, go to tinyurl.com, Red Pill Men. And then um, be sure to check out our YouTube page on YouTube, the Truth and Democracy Coalition. You can go to youtube.com slash at Truth and Democracy Coalition. And I'm going to put all these links for you in the chat so that you can have them readily available to you. So you're here to listen. Um, okay, all right, sounds good. Thank you, Jacqueline. Okay, so I think I'm gonna wanna share my screen here. Let's see, so So I guess what I, I'm wondering whether I should share my experience first or go, I don't know, if you know, if you follow this, I did a, an episode on my sexual abuse history, and I went through a number of things on it, a number of events, and you can find that on our YouTube page, on our audio podcast, and, but what happened recently was that I 
something triggered a sort of a memory of um, something that happened after that, that I hadn't thought. And that's what a repressed memory, how it is. It's, it's something you haven't thought about. I haven't thought about for a while, um, suddenly remembering, and then it comes with a bunch of um, emotions. And, um, you know, after all of that, from if you listen to that show all the way into early adulthood, I'm in community college and I, in dealing with these rememories and room, I, I've been ruminating a lot. I've been, you know, dating, it's bringing up, and I think women know this, it brings up a lot of these childhood issues. And then just writing out that list and telling everybody brings up issues. And so I'm in community college at this time and I'm being asked to pose nude for this class. I'm being asked to pose nude in front of this class of a, in a lecture hall, about a hundred people, and they want me to pose nude. And, and it's a comp, it's sort of a, an involved story, but um, involves that they do this calendar of men and um, they, um, it was supposed to be an art history or art appreciation class. And we got these lectures about how so respectful it was and all of that. But I was in the class and I was put in the class. And so I was put in the class for a reason. I, I okay, maybe it transferred and I was okay, but I hated the class. There was nothing going on. What the teacher taught was wrong. I think they even had strippers come into the class. And to me, I found it very humiliating. And as somebody who had been through all that sexual abuse, I didn't want to stand up. I didn't want to be naked in front of 100 people. And I was afraid I would run away and cry. But there's another part of me that wants to have a thick enough skin to do these types of things, to think that it may lead to um, sexual activity. And maybe it could have had I not been so traumatized. Um, but it was system. It was systematic. In other words, I was targeted, and they pressured me, and it was asked repeatedly of me in front of other people. And and then maybe something. I have the memories of you know being led in and asked and offered money, and. It, with a hundred people in the freaking audience behind the curtain waiting for me. But I don't want to go into all those details. It was just, you know, a systematic attempt to identify uh, men at the school, at the community college, who they could include in their calendar, who and to pressure me into that when there was no way I was going to do it. I was afraid I was going to start crying and, and run off the stage. And I did not want that. And I felt it was humiliating. And I felt that my saying no should have been respected, you know. And then I found that, yeah, yeah, a lot of women maybe wanted to see me nude. But as far as dating, they just wanted to see a poor boy nude, you know. They didn't want to see, they didn't want to go out. They want to date me. They want to have a relationship. So I didn't see it adding. And I have all this sensitivity about it just being a trick. And then 
to put this into some perspective more recently around my when I'm 40 30 or 40 years old you know I go to this single strip to the river and part of the single strip to the river is this party where the boats hook up and the women are exposing themselves and stuff like that and I didn't want to go so I didn't go because I I I didn't want to be sitting in a boat in the back of a boat reading a book you know or swimming around and this stuff triggers PTSD symptoms in me you know and I don't like being treated like a chump either and that comes up from something that happened recently but um, I didn't want to go and so I didn't go I went and played poker instead and then the next morning I came down and the guy who ran the group was pissed apparently and so he had these so he sat there and then he had these women do it you know flash me and the guys were all like fucking dogs you know and and i was just close i just blocked my view i wasn't look i thought you know i i can just sit here and and um nothing's gonna happen i just when it's over it's over and then I can lift my head up. And I thought about trying to lift my head up to look, but I thought, what are they going to see on my face, you know? And what's going to happen if I do, you know? And, and it's obviously not going to be pleasure. And then, um, but the guy, what are you doing? You know, but his wife was there. And, I, and then all of a sudden, I shoot, I, I couldn't stop the tears from coming. I couldn't stop myself from crying. I even couldn't stop myself from letting out a short wail. And, and stop, 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 stop. You know? And I actually, you know, is that how you that makes you feel? Yes, that's how it makes me feel. And um, I ended up just leaving because I didn't want to be crying in front of them. So, um, so those are two, two memories. It's very um, different from um, how probably a lot of men would react to that situation. And um, so this is the article. Um, Sexual victimization by women is more common than previously known. And, um, and this is a... 2017 article but i ran across it by laura stemple and it's like ian meyer and it's just some facts i'll go over and then we'll see if anybody wants to talk about it. it says that the cdc the center for disease control um has some data that revealed over a one-year period that men and women were equally likely to experience non-consensual sex and most male victims reported female perpetrators. And over their lifetime, 79% of men who were made to penetrate someone else, a form of rape in the view of most researchers, reported female perpetrators. Unlike most men who experienced sexual coercion and unwanted sexual con, no, most, and likewise, most men who experienced sexual coercion and unwanted sexual contact had female perpetrators. So um, 
It says here, the biggest threat to women serving time does not come from male correction staff. Instead, it's female victim. Female victims are more than three times as likely to experience sexual abuse by other female inmates than by male staff. And in the juvenile correctional facilities, female staff are also much more significant a threat than male staff. More than nine in 10 juveniles who reported staff sexual victimization were abused by women. And also, we know of hybristophilia and these women who um, get attracted to these criminal violent men and how prison staff females are get, get involved with these men all the time. And then the it says that it's consistent that what they're reporting is consistent with feminist principles in important ways. And one is the common one-dimensional portrayal of women as harmless victims reinforces outdated stereotypes, which keeps us from seeing women as complex human beings able to wield power, even in misguided or violent ways. And the assumption that men are always perpetrators and never victims reinforces unhealthy ideas about men and their supposed invincibility. Um, and also, you know, about that they actually have feelings and um, and that these hyper-masculine ideals can reinforce aggressive male attitudes and at the same time, callously stereotype male victims of sexual abuse as failed men, or I, I might say as, a, as broken men. And be aware of the popular misconception that for men, all sex is welcome. Male and so male victims often feel embarrassed to report sexual victimization. And if they do report it, they are frequently met with a response that assumes no real harm was done. And that's so true about that. And I can think of a recent event where, you know, every time you go someplace, you know, you're subject to being solicited. There's always a woman out there who wants to. I went to a weed place just recently and and it upset me because it's the women want you want to show you the breast the woman's shoving her breast in my face and i look over at the tip jar it's full even with a wad of 20 dollar bills so i know what they're doing here they're they're offering sexual services and laundering the money through tips and um and i'm just going to a weed shop it doesn't say strip club and i don't go to strip clubs i don't like them and so um you know, you can't go anywhere without some women sizing you up for your money or, or seeing if they can turn a relationship into profit. So a study of youth, um, let's see, found that females comprise 48% of those self-reported committing rape or attempted rape. Um, and see, victims of female perpetual perpetrated sexual violence, suffer emotional and psychological harm, just like victims of male perpetrated abuse. And when professionals fail to take victimization by women seriously, this only compounds victim suffering by minimizing the harm they experience. 
to thoroughly dismantle sexual victimization, we must grapple with its many complexities, which requires an attention to all victims and perpetrators, regardless of their sex. Um, you know, and, and like I said before, male perpetrator sexual violence came into public attention after centuries of denial and indifference. And men have changed and worked and tried to become more ethical in their sexuality and tried to become and more aware of their tendencies to, to victimize or, or um, take advantage of women. Um, so we've done that. And, and women really haven't faced that in the way that men have been forced to, to face up to their sexualities. And attention to sexual victimization perpetrated by women women should be understood as a necessary step, next step in continuing and expanding upon this legacy of making people aware of sexual abuse. Any comments, any questions right. about that? Well, Jack, like I say, one, but, but just because, just because some women, just because some women did that too, doesn't mean all women are bad, right? Well, you know, that's the myth of the good and bad women. Women, um, there's um, obviously there are difference. There are women who are criminals and women who are not criminals, right? So there's obviously a lot of difference uh, between women, but at the same time, um, obviously all women don't abuse boys. All women. I'm not sure that all women don't abuse men. I think we live in a pretty abusive system. I would say that I, I'm starting to think about calling these things um, a culture of prostitution. That's what we live in. And, um, you know, I, real, I, I, I didn't like being propositioned at that weed club, at that weed store. I didn't like that. I didn't like having to avert my eyes because if I don't avert my eyes, right, I'm just some creep who took a cheap look and didn't want to give a tip. Right? Yeah. So, um, but still, that doesn't answer the question Question about... I, uh, I think if, there are fundamental things that are going on that are creating this sort of pros, promiscuity um, in women that are that is abusive and the very fact that a woman wants to make a profit off of her relationship with a man wants to make sure that she financially benefits from that relationship and and, and they may deny that but none of them want to marry someone who makes less money than they do you know and and so many young women think that you know men should have to pay they're always trying to get something. I just got propositioned by somebody who lives in my, in my complex. I'm trying to meet women, you know, I'm looking for women. And next thing I know, this woman wants me to pay $300 to have sex with her, you know. And I told her I didn't need to do that and a lot of other things. But, you know, I was upset by it, you know, because, you know, why do women think that they can do that? How many women out there are are, are going to strip clubs, to male strip clubs, and having sex and interacting with the strippers. Oh, good. You know, how many women out there, you know, are, are um, using men 
for meals? How many women out there are dragging men through the, through the mud for, for money? I mean, you know, is there this distinction between good women and bad women really just that sort of, what do you call it? I don't know if you call it a double standard, but sort of a, a, a myth um, when actually all women are involved to some degree or another. Okay, Dan, let's uh, get you in here. Well, I noticed in the comments, there's a guy named Jose Campos has a, he has a question. He, okay. he has a question before I do. Okay, all right. Let's uh, look for Jose here. Where is Jose? I'm right here. Uh, anyway, um, go ahead and ask why I do this. I was I was hearing you um, talk about you your your um, your what happened to you and the encounter with that woman. And for instance, if I were to encounter a woman like that, what's the best approach I could, with respect, I could um, treat her? And make her feel um, valued, because I know I know those types of women are are they do that because they're not valued or because um, they're missing some sort of love or or something in them. Um, what can I do to make that type of difference in that woman's life? I don't think. Well, I'm not sure, Jose, that you're right about that. You know. Um, as we know, women do people do things for various reasons, different reasons. Every individual life is unique in that regard. And but at the same time, there are trends and there are um, patterns. And what we see in prostitution is not necessarily women's oppression. Sure, there's been women who have been forced into prostitution. Sure, there are there's um, trafficking and so forth and all of that. But um, a large portion, if not all of them, are doing that. Willing. That's what they do. It's not oppression. That's what they do. So, um, and my, what I did, I'll tell you what I did and what I, you know, I ruminated about it, you know, should I have said anything? What I did is I averted my eyes. I didn't look. And I think the other two women, you know, treating me like a freaking chump, you know, like, like I'm going to just lap them up and give them a bunch of money if they show me their boobies you know, and sort of pushing it on me, you know, um, without really any concern about why I came to the store and what I really wanted. So I think there's a, there's something that I think your idea, Jose, of trying to be somebody who um, saves this, this woman. And that's what some in the manosphere call, and I'm not being derogatory, Jose, I just want to uh, use this term, it's a captain save a hole that we can go out and just save these women, you know, who are basically abusing and using and manipulating and profiting and sticking money in their pockets. I don't know. Yes, I total I totally understand what what you're what you're saying. And um I do I do realize the 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 manipulation that type of woman are but that's um i was referring to as in um just like an encounter where 
just like without even wanting to, you're walking down the street and this woman approaches you and this and that. Um, how can I make that difference in her life and make her feel um, like a, a valued woman and that she she's um, well that she's not just a, a trash or a, a hoe or you know like I, I'll be well, a good man. I don't know if I if I explain myself. Well, I can tell you that one of the problems I faced in that situation is what, and what I ruminated on afterwards was what I wanted to say and what I should say. You know, how am I going to phrase this? What am I going to tell her? I tell her, you know, I didn't come to a strip club and I um, don't appreciate being propositioned and solicited and, um, you know, and without saying, you know, I'm, I'm sick of a, I'm sick of a bunch, you know, or calling them names or doing something. Because if I do something like that, then they just write, they'll write it off. They'll continue doing what they're doing, you know. Um, so I can't really come off and say, you know, something mean to them because that that's not going to help me. You know, it may feel good temporarily. But at the same time, I don't want to be accosted either. And taking advantage of and, and 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 pressured to to give more money to them you know i don't want that either and i really don't want them um pushing themselves on me you know and i want some respect i want some dignity i want to be treated like a human being with respect i'm not a dog you know i'm not trash you know and so um but what i did do is i've just finished filing a complaint with the marijuana um, cannabis board or cannabis control. And, and who knows, I may go to the sheriff's department and report it. Because basically, the way that we need to take care of this is no more, we can, not all men want this. It's just like the, the thing with me and the, the nude modeling, this woman thought she can get away with it because she got away with it for years. No man ever filed a sexual harassment charge about it. You know, they can do it because they can get away with it. And so to stop, to, to protect ourselves, number one, and also to, to change, you know, this idea that they can just go about selling their, their body to anybody because they're young and somewhat attractive um, really doesn't, um, you know, it, it's, it's not necessarily a good thing. It's not necessarily a healthy thing either, you know, but um, so you can get them out of that. But I, I don't think we can be Captain Save-A-Hole and save these women. I think that's not what we need to do. We need to protect ourselves from them in some ways. And But we also need not to, we also want to be functional in the dating environment. And we want to be able to get along with women and we want to be able to meet women and we want to be able to be intimate with women and we want to be able to have a good time with women too. So it's really a conundrum of trying to figure out how to respond to these things. But I think um, like my report of sexual harassment in that thing got that program closed down 
And if I remember right, and all these memories coming, that there was a lot going on there. They were taking money, embezzling it from the school, selling um, the pictures to um, yeah, to um, clubs in West Hollywood, you know, and and there's more going on, you know. And so when, when you finally report it, you know, then and actually take that action and stand up for yourself, then maybe that would have an educational effect. You know, it's not just you can sort of rock up and, and flap your boobs in front of a guy and he'll give you money and that that's what he wants to be accosted, you know, because everyone, you know, women can expose themselves and not face any criminal penalties at all. And men, however, if they expose themselves, they're going to jail, they're being outed, they're going to get a, something on their ankle probably, they're going to be restricted from being in their schools. I mean, the whole shebang comes on them. Women expose themselves and they get men cheering and yelping and, and nothing happens. But they need to be, be aware of where they do that and in what context and in what places it's appropriate and in what places you can get away with it. 